angels and patron saints. Pray for us. Each Lent, I take up again Dante. I take it up because our Holy Father, Pope Francis, a year or two ago, at the Year of Mercy, if you recall, had made it the official text, you could say, of of the Year of Mercy. He did so, this 800-year-old poem, written by uh, this Italian guy, a kind of poet-theologian, in a form of Italian that, even if you know Italian, would be hard for you to read. He did so because it is the story of the rehabilitation of love. You see, Dante, he saw that when love reaches its true goal, the source of love itself, the goal of love is to return to what it came from, God, that love is is not sinful. It can't be sinful. But by no means is that automatic. Because our loves can turn to other things. We can desire evil things or we can desire good things with more or less concern than is called for. And when that happens, the creature is at odds with its creator. We're in conflict. I'm no longer reconciled. I'm no longer in harmony. So, Dante says, you understand that love is the seedbed in you of every virtue and of every deed that deserves punishment. It's a little different than the way we're normal, we normally think about it, isn't it? We normally think of love, good, sin, bad, but Dante's point, which is crucial, is that it's more a question of ordered love and disordered love. So the song doesn't quite get it right. All you need is love. You need more than that. You need a a healthy love. You need an ordered love. You need a lasting love. You need a love that's stronger than death. And where does that come from? Where do we receive such love? And where does it find its way into our lives? This ritual we reenact each year of imposing ashes on, on the forehead is meant to remind us of our loves. Those are our loves. That's what, I've, that's what I've chosen. Ashes. Myself. My own comfort. I pursue things that pass away and turn to ash. I've chosen those things and it's made me become like them. They're put on the very spot, your forehead, where you were anointed at your confirmation those of you that were fully initiated. The contrast is deliberately stark. That's the same spot you just crossed. Glory to you, O Lord, as we proclaim the gospel. Ashes cover that spot of glory. Ashes soak up the oil of gladness, reminding us that we've traded the gifts of the Holy Spirit for worldly trappings, passing comfort, which does not console. What is our Lenten sacrifice but the checking of this process, the checking of our selfishness, the purging and the recalibration of our desires? And just as in 
our physical forehead. We can't see it unless it's beheld indirectly through a mirror, someone else telling us. So too in our spiritual lives, we need little signs to show us where we stand. And so those little mortifications where you feel you're checked by the the penance that you've chosen, that you've willingly taken up, some small mortification, some little austerity, however insignificant it might be, it's like a little mirror holding yourself up to you to, to help see, oh, oh yeah, this is my disordered love getting turned back onto the right way. And so, you see, it can't just be a process of giving things up. Because without the second part of that, namely exercising our love towards God, it becomes just a kind of self-help, which, which, which is fine, I suppose, but that's not really the point of what we're doing here. That's not what we're called to. So I want you to pray this way, this line. You, you, you feel that little push, that check on your inclinations, reaching out for a, an accustomed consolation or pleasure. Pray this way. It's working, Lord. It's working. I suffer this, and I unite it to your sufferings, which make mine look pitiable in comparison, but I do so so that I can love you in the way you deserve. That's the way I want you to pray when you feel those little moments of discomfort. Or when your little hunger pangs start to creep up into your stomach. I can hear them rumbling. Give me a hunger for you, Lord, in my soul, like my body wants nourishment right now. Right? If it's just suffering through a miserable day, what point is that? St. Paul says, if I, if I preach beautiful homilies, if I give my body to be burned, if I give away everything that I have to the poor, but I don't have love, I am nothing. As Dante climbed that mountain, the poetic image of the purification of the soul, ascending Mount Purgatory, level by level, through each of the deadly sins, pride, envy, anger, slothfulness, greed, gluttony, lust. He has the initials of those sins inscribed on his forehead, and as he passes through that level, the angel brushes it away, one by one, until finally, on the very top of of this mountain of purification, he's free to ascend into paradise. He's light enough now to fly. Sin made him heavy. Sin made him gross. And his guide, Virgil, says to him, as he's about to make this departure now and, and ascend into paradise, his guide says to him, I have nothing more to offer you. Now take your preference as your guide. It's an astounding thing that Dante is saying. That his will has been rehabilitated to the point now that to disobey it would be a sin. He's been, he's been given a properly calibrated desire. His love reaches its goal now. It, there's no danger of it departing or diverting from its, from its ultimate tendency. Virgil says to him, your will is free and sound Not to act as it chooses is unworthy. And over yourself I crown and miter you. 
That's an image, of course, from the, from the Middle Ages, but what were the two powers that governed every human person? The political and the ecclesial. He's saying, you are your own king. You are your own bishop. You don't need the church anymore. You have received what the church has been laboring to produce in you all your life. Jesus' words in the gospel point us in this direction. This is our hope. What, a, what an unbelievable gift. What a dignity and a grace that our Christian life is meant to produce. But those words of the gospel, of course, point out what is the goal of our fast. It's nowadays probably not that we're all making outward displays of our piety, quite the contrary. But more importantly, why are we doing what we're doing? It's for our Father in heaven to see. It's for him to take pleasure in and for him to reward with a will strong and sound and upright. So we pray today, Lord, it's working. We feel it. Cleanse and strengthen my love for you. Wipe away these ashes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.